Welcome to another edition of Mr. Nice Guy. I'm Ben Slowey. And I'm joined uh, today by a drag star and a uh, vocalist, producer, actor. Uh, does a lot of things, um, but uh, I am excited to talk to her about uh, what she does and why she does it. Passions artistry and uh, all that jazz. So thank you very much, Miss Birdie. Yeah, thank you for thank you for having me today. You're most welcome. How are you doing today? We're good. We just got fresh out of the shower. Here's a little wet, but that's okay. There you go. Nice. Um, yeah, uh, gotta get freshened up, you know, for the show and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I'm still in my pajamas. <laughs> oh, trust full full sweatpants from the waist down. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've been sitting in this exact spot pretty much all day so far. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. But uh, yeah. What What have you done today so far? <laughs> Not much. Wake up. <laughs> Pour the coffee. Uh, no, I, I slept in this morning, which was lovely. Finally, day to sleep in a little bit. But yeah. But um, yeah, that's good. Um, yeah. How much coffee do you drink a day? I uh, usually go six to eight cups. Jeez, that's a lot of fucking coffee. Just a half a pot. Just a little little half a pot. Yeah, I, um, I'm usually at about uh, three cups a day. Mm-hmm. Um, anything more, like, I used to drink four, but I just, like, get too wired and, like, feel like I'm going to explode. I can't mm-hmm. even do espresso anymore. I cannot drink espresso um, I used to work at Starbucks and that ruined it for me. Yeah. <laughs> Cause they do like, not exactly free coffee, but it's like borderline have that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Rough. So I'm on, I'm on two already today. So, uh, I'm, mm-hmm. uh, so we're on pace here. So, uh, what we talk about a Mr. Nice guy, uh, we talk love and fear, passion and creativity. So, Miss mm-hmm. Birdie, uh, aka sometimes known as Ben. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so, we've been not uh, like friends on social media for a while, but this is our first time meeting, I believe. Yes, it is. Um, but uh, yeah, I, you know, I knew you were like, I knew you were a drag queen, but um, I think I like saw um, like on Facebook or something that you were like dropping music and uh saw you were on band camp and uh yeah <laughs> you were yeah you're making some songs and I'm like shit okay well I so I checked out your music uh your most recent song being data mm-hmm. uh and uh put that shit on breaking and entering um thank you <laughs> yeah of course I mean um it's a really uh infectious song so we'll, we'll so that's your third song you have uh mm-hmm. and we'll definitely talk about uh the music and what you're working on and everything and so but first where we usually start is so um so where are you originally from where'd you grow up i'm from kind of all over the place um originally milwaukee We lived in Michigan for about 12 years because my parents are younger. So we kind of followed them to get their higher education. 
Uh, mom went to University of Michigan and dad went to Michigan State. <laughs> and in, I don't know if you're familiar with this or if the listeners, but the state versus U of M is a big like rivalry. So whenever we lived there, the, the others would be like, don't you have that rivalry? And we'd be like, no, we root for the Badgers. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> womp womp. Um, yeah. And so we lived in Michigan for about 12 years. And then we came back to Milwaukee my senior year of high school and just been in the area since. So since you do like a lot of creative things, it's always kind of a, it's a little like, it can be difficult to pinpoint like where to start. But I guess like we can start with a question I've been asking people on the show a lot this last year. What did you want to be when you grew up when you were a kid? <laughs> a million different things. Um, I've always been more like left brained. Uh, <laughs> so I would lean towards like, I want to be a physicist. I want to be uh, like a psychologist. Um, and then I started getting into the world of theater and I 180 and went right brain. And now I'm an artist. <laughs> um, yeah, like I always wanted to do something with numbers because I've always been really good at numbers. Um, I keep spreadsheets. <laughs> I just nice. randomly make spreadsheets of things randomly. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's cool. I keep a lot of lists myself. Yeah. Mm. Virgo life, <laughs> earth signs for the win. <laughs> I'm a Virgo moon, um, mm. but I'm a cap sun. Okay. Hardcore earth energy. Yep. So earthy. Yep. <laughs> Grounded. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm very you know, in tune with myself. Mm. No, I, I don't know much about astrology, so I'll leave that to you to tell me what I, what I am and shit. But. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's interesting. So you were like good at math is what you're saying. But then, the, random, the random little homosexual that's good at math. Yeah. There you go. Good at math. I can drive. Husband, where are you? Yeah, come on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's, yeah, but but then you became more arts oriented as you got older, it sounds like. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, fifth grade, I was diagnosed with Asperger's syndrome. Um, and like I'd already been doing choir and I started doing orchestra. And uh, part of the reason I got into theater is it was like a little bit of a therapy for me. Um, uh, Asperger's is, if I were to like super simplify it, it's um, you, you don't get social interactions, if that makes sense. Um, like most people just get social interaction. They're like, it, it's easier. Asperger's, it's not. <laughs> so theater was a little bit of like, okay, let me study. Um, in like each show would be like a case study of how relationships work. Mm -hmm. um, and so it would be like my therapy that way. And now we're here. Cool. So it like uh, sort of like um, helped like uh, your perceptions of like cues and stuff like that? Yes, exactly. Like picking up on social cues, um, learning how to like project them, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> I think of when I bought my first car um, from, I think it was my mom's coworker. Uh, he, he said to her afterwards, yeah, Ben is really hard to read. I can't really, I can't really read him. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it, so it, it doesn't always, it doesn't always like turn on, turn off always, sure. but it's, 
Yeah. Yeah. I have, I have a, one of my good friends uh, has Asperger's as well. And mm-hmm. like, I love talking music with him because we can talk about music for like literally hours, you know, like, and it's, yeah, like it's a lot of like hyper fixating is my understanding, like, which yep. is great, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> like the opposite you... of ADHD. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, just, it makes you really like, um, focused on like niche things, which I think is, is really cool. And, uh, and it's worth embracing you know mm-hmm. um so did you uh did you go to college or i did for a year i went to university of wisconsin milwaukee uh, oh. i went for a musical theater for a year i kept asking for harder classes and they were like no i'll take level one again and i said okay bye <laughs> <laughs> and ran away uh and then i started doing auditions in the community and i got i got theater gigs and cool. i was insane <laughs> being not even a year out of college and getting getting shows and things. Um, I yeah. think it depends on the person. For me, I needed to be doing it to learn it, if that makes sense. Like yeah. I got the gist of it from that one year. And um, I've always kind of been like, a like I'm gonna do like the Asperger's, I'm gonna do three hours of just reading the Wikipedia page on this, um, looking up psychology.org and reading a million things about what is this thing and all of that and yeah. Yeah. So I, it, it's, I needed to learn from experience after that first year at Milwaukee. But yeah. Sure. Cool. Uh, mm-hmm. If you don't mind me asking, how old are you? I'm 24 and a half. Oh, okay. I'm ancient. <laughs> I'm an hey. infant, but I'm ancient. I'm, I just turned 25. So we're, hey. uh, so I guess I'm ancient too. Right on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, are you class of 2014 high school? Yep. Okay, yeah, we're the same age. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, um, our freshman year was the same year. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I guess, like, what would happen theater-wise, like, after college? Like, what are some things you got to do? My, well, that first summer, uh, or was it, no, it was the the next, it was, um, so I did college for 2014-15. And then into the winter of 15, I had like two or three other classes. Um, that summer of 15, I did some auditions. I I booked, was it three? I think it was three shows. I remember two very clearly. And the third one is blanking right now. Um, but I did Little Shop of Horrors with All In Productions. Um, I did Bent with World Stage with uh, Don and Gretchen. Um, and like those were local, local kind of professionals. Like I was, I was paid for those, which was really cool. Like I, <laughs> I'm, I'm new here and y'all yeah. already want to pay me. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then the next, was it the next year? I think it was, uh, it was uh, 26. Yeah, it was 2016. Um, I booked La Cage au Fall at Skylight. So like the movie, The Birdcage, but it's the musical version of it. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. And that's that's kind of what got me into the drag scene. Um, I started doing, um, I knew Melee the Queen from Milwaukee because like she took the, all the, the like theater production courses. So like makeup and 
Um, she took a couple dance classes, I believe, but she was mostly like marketing kind of, um, like a design your own program, I think she took. And she, like, I knew her from that and she needed someone to do the follow along at Dick's Bar for Drag Race All-Stars 2. And she was like, hey, do you wanna do, you wanna do this? And I said, okay. Uh, and I kind of used that as research for the birdcage and it just kind of, kind of stuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's mm -hmm. awesome. Um, so, so you've been doing drag now for what, like I'll be on? five this summer. Wow, cute. <sighs> um, congratulations. Thank awesome. You. So, yeah, like, uh, what was your first um, actual, like, uh, time doing it? Like, uh, how would you, like, walk me through, like, what the experience was like being in that persona for the first time? I think it, it took a while for me, I think, to find where I am now. Um, like, when I started... I think a lot of queens kind of start with the idea like they, they put on the first like a, it might be a coat or like a vintage dress kind of thing but it's like oh I'm a housewife oh I'm a, oh, I'm a housewife where's my rich husband um, <laughs> and well that works like there, there's a lot of those already um, I think part of it comes from the name that you pick um, like the the subtext uh, subconscious context associated with names has a lot to do with it like my first the first couple nights that i did drag race follow along the the dicks drag race um <laughs> I, I was new there like i won the first night i lost the second night i was in the middle of the third night and it was all over the place um it, it's almost like unbridled creativity like you could do pretty much anything um and depending on kind of where you do it like uh hamburger mary's and lacage they expect you to be like you are a polished package um you either have to be showing some sort of curvature some sort of figure body um or you have to be like bucking and kicking and bucking and kicking and bucking and kicking um versus like um, like for at Dick's and at this is it for the beginner nights. Um, they just want to see you put something on and see that you can hold the audience's attention. And it's, it's a little simpler, but it's also, I want to say the stakes are a little higher for those, for those amateur kind of nights for the beginner nights. Um, <clears throat> and it was, it was like that. Cause it's like, I need to prove that I'm doing something really good because um, it, it's, it's a little bit of that. Like I have to be big right now. Um, the, <laughs> the baby Queens that are like, I'm going to be on drag race this year. Watch it. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. But then like end up dropping off after, after three or four themselves kind of right. Feeding, feeding the ego. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. When you first find a new thing that you attach yourself to, that you identify with and connect with a lot, it can be really easy to do that. Mm -hmm. I see that a lot in the music scene. Like, yeah. I'm going to be the GOAT. I'm going to be the one that puts Milwaukee on the map. I'm going to make Milwaukee famous. But no, it's like... Sure, Jan. You're, <laughs> join the club. <laughs> yeah. 
um where did so how did you become miss birdie like where did where did that where did miss birdie uh come from okay there are, there are a couple parts to this uh part one is the name and uh, that comes from i did a bunch of theater shows where my character was related to a bird in some way shape or form um i did senior year of high school moving back to wisconsin being like nobody nobody knew me um but i auditioned for the fall musical we did how to succeed in business without really trying and the main character's name is finch which is a, is a little yellow kind of bird um and i think like maybe the year before or two years before in art class i made a, a goldfinch we had a project where we had to make an animal and i made a goldfinch <laughs> um I did, what else was there? Um, uh, uh, Birdcage. Um, we were the Kajels, the little birds, um, the cagelings, I guess mm -hmm. you could say. Um, but we, oh, um, junior year of high school, we did Aladdin Junior, <laughs> the Disney Junior production. And I, I was the parrot, Iago. Oh, and nice. I had giant ball of feathers as my costume. <laughs> it was it was everything. Sweeping up feathers every day. Um, there's one more. There's one more that's not coming to mind right now. But like I I had a bunch of characters that were related to birds. Um, I was like, okay, I kind of want to start doing like I don't see a lot of people doing live singing in the drag world. Um, and this was right before um if you remember from the drag world alaska had that giant album that was massive for everybody and now everybody plays hi as the opening to drag shows um and it was before um it was the same year that trixie got on for season seven and so it was before she did any of her country music any of her anything yeah. um it's and I've, I've since learned that it's just easier for bars to do like lip syncing to something and there's uh, 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 AFAB queen here in Milwaukee, Kawaii Canary. Um, they were my daughter for a little bit, but what we did is we recorded them singing the the songs to the karaoke versions, and then I mixed that into her mix. So um, whenever they do one of their mixes, because they like to live sing, um, they'll do a mix of them singing and lip sync to themselves singing the thing, which is that I think that's, different that's unique um yeah, yeah sure. so probably probably inch in that direction a little bit if i can yeah yeah, yeah. cool um and then to finish i was like tangent to get somewhere that's my that's my brand take a tangent to get to the final answer um so that's the name a bunch of characters based on birds and cool. then the character the kind of persona that i've become is just like kind of kind of a little awkward a little socially awkward. I'm looking um, at your um, Instagram right now. Yeah. Looks and stuff. Okay. She's a little. She's a little socially awkward, um, but the character I think is just an extension of myself. Um, she's always been like like a a characterized version of some part of me. Like if it's the socially awkward kind of thing, if it's the like. Ooh, 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 like sex kitten kind of thing. Um, yeah, just 
uh, kind of based on whatever outfit I'm wearing. Yeah, like becoming a character in a TV show or in a in a play or in a cartoon even. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a good way to lean into uh, some of those quirky aspects of your personality that mm-hmm. maybe you grew up like feeling insecure about them or were like taught to like not like that part of yourself but now it's like this is your way of leaning into that and kind of turning it into yeah characterization um Mm -hmm. like a an exaggerated version of yourself if you will exactly yeah Yeah. and i think part of it too comes from i did a lot of work i've done a lot of work with quasimondo physical theater here in milwaukee um we we did the magic flute by Mozart with Milwaukee Opera Theater and that won an award and they they had me be the prince. And so um, some of the other shows that we worked on, like we did an adaptation of Fahrenheit 451, we called it Celsius 232. Um, we did a, uh, it was like a meditation on the Kama Sutra. We called it Kama Sutra and we were all based off of Hindi gods and it was like creating stories between them and about finding relationships between people more than like, oh, it's about sex. No, well, that's part of it, but that's not all that relationships are. Um, and I learned a lot about like physical, physicalization, um, like just short of dance, but beyond just like standing there and doing blocking on stage, like walk here at this part, walk there at that part, but like stylized movement. And that has a lot to do with oh, yeah. uh, kind of what I do too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like movement is storytelling, hundred mm-hmm. percent. And um, <clears throat> in the same way that um, you know, like nonverbals are storytelling. Um, so I guess a subsidiary of that. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's cool that you you have like a a theatrical background that I'm sure like very much uh, gives you a skill set in your your like drag performance um that you know maybe you wouldn't have had otherwise but it's cool because it just uh adds a lot of tools to your box if you will mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. coming from like a like a technical standpoint there's that left brain <laughs> coming out again it's all some sort of technique or like yeah <laughs> yeah totally that's cool um so do you still uh actively do theater uh to this day not as much um i'll i'll do every once in a while like a little something like i'll team up with quasimondo every once in a while we were supposed to do an adaptation of dr faustus right before (laughs) quarantine (laughs) locked in last year um and i was supposed to be the professor's assistant with that which was pretty cool and i was um i've still got all the fabric but i've got a they want to make some costumes for, uh, they want me to make some of the costumes for it. Um, and uh, what else? Yeah. Um, a couple of years ago, uh, Courage MKE. Um, I'm, I miss Courage MKE currently. I um, saw that. <laughs> yeah. We were, that was also supposed to be that, like the weekend right before we were supposed to open, Dr. Faustus was, <laughs> the current passion and then that got shut down too yeah. uh the they did they they had um the parents of matthew shepherd 
um, they came to Milwaukee for, uh, they were, I think they were the keynote speakers at the gala. And so we did a, a reading of Laramie Project and they had me, they had me in that. They, uh, I played the kid who discovered uh, Matthew's body on the fence. And there were a couple others, like I think it was like a reporter and then something else, but yeah. Awesome, yeah. Um, speaking of quarantine, mm -hmm. uh, so how have you, like, like what have you been up to um, in terms of like the drag scene uh, in the last year, like since uh, quarantine? I mean, I know that like Tits has been doing uh, some events, um, mm -hmm. but yeah, yeah. What have what have you managed to do? The year recap. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh Lord, what have I done? Um, the first couple months, very much like breaking myself down and building up. Okay, what do I want to do with myself? Mm -hmm. Um, I had been working behind the bar at Dick's up until that week as well, uh, the week of shutdown and because quarantine set in, I wasn't, I wasn't doing anything. Yeah. Um, so I started really focusing on like the music production and the parody, the, the receding. Um, I spent that, I, I wrote that in a day. <laughs> I was like, what if this was about that? And so I wrote all the lyrics in like a day. Um, I started doing the music production and I started doing the video for it uh for the dicks the first dicks virtual show um and then i couldn't post it my own because i was just using the karaoke background the instrumental um and so i reconstructed the backing so that i could actually post it on on my own and not have the sound cut off <laughs> for copyright infringement um and so that kind of really kick-started me into music production like more intensely um i'd been doing a bit of it beforehand like making mixes and putting songs together for drag shows but not like my own production thing so that was really the start of <clears throat> excuse me that was really the start of i'm going to start making my own songs like finally um yeah i'd had some lyrics written and i'd had melodies and songs in my head but i hadn't really taken the time to focus on the production of it. And so that was the start of that was really that. Um, I was going to ask yeah. about that next. Um, so it had been a goal of yours for, for a while too, but as many things have uh, transpired in quarantine, it gives us time to, uh, yeah, like try new things and embellish other uh, hobbies or interests that we didn't normally have much time to do. So mm -hmm. awesome. Yeah. And then, so that was all the music production stuff. Um, I did data and I did, ooh. <laughs> um, and then I've got a couple more. Uh, I've, I've put out a little teaser for a dance with me. That one's coming. I needed to get some, um, cause I had my, my dad, he's a trombone player. Uh, he has his master's degree in trombone performance and he teaches low brass out of his, uh, out of the home. That they My live dad in. plays trombone too, actually. Yeah. It's <laughs> a bad instrument, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
And so I had him do a couple little samples, um, a couple little phrases, and I had him stack some chords. And so I had to get those before I could move on with the production. So now I'm in the process of mixing all that in. And I, I might need a couple more things from him, but I'm not entirely sure yet. I got to keep playing with it. Um, and uh, I wrote two more um, that are sitting in my notebook, oh. waiting, waiting for me to start the actual sound design instrumentation. Tinkering. Yeah. <laughs> Tinkering. Um, yeah. Oh. And yeah. Um, what were kind of like your inspirations behind? Ooh, we'll start with Ooh. What was your inspiration mm -hmm. behind the song? Ooh was very much. I wanted to do a song that, uh, like there was there were vocals, but there were no lyrics per se. Yeah, and that's it. Um, and then I just the the little phrase Ooh, Ooh, that. Yeah popped in I think I was making the beat for it and then sang that into it and just built it off of that cool. yeah oh yeah it's cool mm -hmm. um it becomes something that you like you don't need like the listener doesn't look for look look into the like any lyrics for meaning and feeling mm -hmm. like but having there still be vocals makes it very like um it gives it that little the little human element literally yeah <laughs> yeah it becomes like resonant um mm. yeah that's cool um and then for data mm -hmm. um <laughs> this one's yeah this is a, a that tune about <laughs> someone uh being all taking up your your phone uh making your phone bill real expensive and shit like that uh, yeah like like phone stalking basically uh that one came from i was at the gym um <laughs> and there was like a lyric on whatever song was playing where they mentioned cell phone and i was like there aren't really songs about cell phones and i was like oh, what 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 else could be about cell phones oh cellular data and then i think i wrote I wrote the first couple verses or like the, somehow I always start in the middle, then I do the last verse, then I do the first verse. <laughs> and then like the chorus is in the middle somewhere. And this one actually the the kind of B chorus um, where it's, cause you know my data connection was built on love and affection. That one came later <laughs> after like tinkering it with it for like a year. Um, but it, it came from, I want to write a song about cell phones because there aren't very many of those. <laughs> um, and thinking about like how it was, it was something about how other artists will make references to markers in pop culture. Um, like, like referencing Twitter or referencing Facebook or referencing like something that happens in politics or referencing something that like um, the one that pops in my head is from the 3435 remix with uh, and Meg. And she says, 
I want Takashi without the six nine. <laughs> like a little uh, little references to what else is going on in the world. Um, and I feel like 2015, 16 was really kind of the switch to, okay, now cell phones are part of our life now. Um, smartphones, particularly. Mm-hmm. They're like yeah. normalized as of then. And that's kind of, it was like a meditation on that. Yeah, cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I've noticed that too, like, especially in movies, like, where, like, um, I don't know if you watched Euphoria. There's a lot of, um, like, yeah, the, the, the texting bubbles and, like, the mm-hmm. sound effects that associate with, like, texting or unlocking your phone, like. Uh, it's a little click, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the click and, and like, the the graphics depict, like, uh, like on the side of somebody, like like on the shot of somebody texting, like the graphics oh. show like what they're saying. Yeah. The ellipsis. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And so that's been getting incorporated in a lot of movies uh, the last couple of years. And because it is, yeah, like mm-hmm. you said, so uh, it's become such a like, uh, it's been implemented in, in culture and communication. Mm-hmm. Um it's part of who we are now. <laughs> it's not going back. <laughs> we are one with it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it was so weird. I was at a bar last night. I remember West and um, mm-hmm. a bar that still does like the like like if you pay with like a credit card or a debit card, um, they still do like the, the bookkeeping like the old fashioned way. Yeah, like writing it down like on the notepad. That's like yeah. like and they had like the old like corded phone. Oh, uh, that went yeah like it was a little blast <laughs> from the past and like this place has been doing things the same way for like from like 20 years ago you know but i mean power to them to any to any small business or otherwise individual that is uh living their life uh off the grid almost like just mm-hmm. not having a smartphone or acclimating to like this ultra digitized realm mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it feels so antiquated to think of like if our lives were like like if we went back to that. But honestly, it probably saves them a bunch of headaches from scrolling on their phones all day. Yeah. Uh, so, that, so that being said, you said you have a bunch of songs, a handful of songs mm-hmm. uh, that you're working on. Um, mm-hmm. Gonna drop like an EP soon or something or what? I kind of want to. Um, I was I was thinking about it. That was a little bit of my kind of intention with like middle of the summer. And then um, the house that I was living in, I was in River West up until last summer. And then we moved down to Bayview and I ended up moving to, like two blocks away from one of my old roommates. <laughs> we didn't oh. even know, but now we're like two blocks away. Um, and like I was thinking about working on it more but the depression of okay i just made a major life change now i need to just be in bed for three weeks yeah uh kind of set in and that's okay um i've yeah like i have a couple lists of like i want to do this song this song this song this song but i'm just not inspired to work on them anymore like i didn't have ideas to further them and just whatever um there were a couple that are finished just about or like I haven't touched them in a while but I they're pretty much done uh (laughs) one of them uses the noises from the Facebook messenger like the pudding 
yeah. Um, and that one is kind of like my meditation on quarantine. Um, because I was also going through alcohol withdrawal at the time that I wrote it, going from uh being at the bar constantly and drinking all the time to basically just cut off. Um so that there, there that that one's the thing. Um, and then there's one from the production of the adaptation of Fahrenheit that I did. That's uh, the housewife's lament. Um, a lot of reviews that it's like haunting, um, and it's it's kind of a reflection. It it happens at the very end of the adaptation that we wrote, and yeah, it's just like her reflection on everything that happens and the way that their lives get kind of flipped in the story. Um, but it's very pretty. It's very pretty. It, it makes me think of Ooh a lot. Um, or Ooh makes me think of Housewife's Lament. Um, so I might do like a, here's some other things that have been done for a while. Have that with those kind of thing. But yeah. Cool. Right on, Wolf. Uh, send me that shit if it uh, went when you uh, decide to drop. Um, but yeah, it sounds um, sounds like stuff that's uh, very like um, interpretive and uh, personal to you. Uh, so mm-hmm. yeah, I, I encourage you to yeah, keep uh, flushing things out there. Yeah, and um, yeah, that's exciting um it's cool that you know it's you've been able to uh lean like really like lean more into uh music and uh um, pop songs the way you want to make them Mm -hmm. uh my last question actually is about that um like what are some of your biggest influences Mm, okay (laughs) that's a good question um I remember when Latch came out, Disclosure and Sam Smith, I was like, oh, this style of music, I like this. Um, (laughs) Before then it had been hardcore, like Broadway, theater songs, soundtracks, Um, some influences from like the seventies, Carole King for sure. uh, just a touch of, just a, a smattering touch of David Bowie. Um, the, oh, uh, Karen Carpenter, Karen Carpenter, hardcore, incredible. Um, and her and her brother and the music that they did, he was her arranger and she did all the vocals and she, I think she wrote most of, or she wrote a couple of them. Um, um stylistic influences from the 80s um like with use of synthesizers and the 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 classic 80s snare um yeah so like vocals from the 70s and arrangements from the 70s um elements of the 80s and then pulling from like house pop of the tens if that makes sense Mm -hmm. sure um and then 
I have a lot of influences from like from classical music, from being in choirs and orchestras and all of that. Um, I don't use them very much, um, but like I want to get more into finding the the kind of storyline chord progressions, if that makes sense, instead of like the the same the four like you know the video where they do the same four chords and it's like a bunch of different songs. Yeah. I want to kind of get away from that because I'm still doing that. It's really easy to program <laughs> in uh, in software programs, but I want to get away from that and get into more like the storyline. Uh, kind of chord progression that you might find in a symphony or in a in a overture. Or... Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Cool. Oh. Yeah. It's a melting pot of influences. Um, mm -hmm. Transcends uh, periods of time. Mm -hmm. So uh, good for you. Um, it's exciting. Yeah. Um, well, uh, I appreciate you coming on the show today, Miss Brody. Yeah. Thank you for having me. This is fun. On our way out, I ask everyone the same two questions. Mm -hmm. First is, uh, what keeps you up at night? Mm. <laughs> Drinking coffee too late. <laughs> uh, that sixth cup will get you, won't it? Uh, just 1, 1 p.m. is too late for coffee. I've learned that now. <laughs> yeah. I usually get... Well, I get too tired in the middle of the afternoon. Like I get mm -hmm. like a big crash. So usually I need one to pick me back up. Mm -hmm. um, the second question is what puts you to sleep? Mm. I have this um, game on my, I usually like some, some sort of game on my phone. The one that I'm doing right now is called I Love Hue, like color, Hue, H-U-E, Hue. Um, <laughs> And it's like you get, depending on the difficulty of the level, you get so many of the shapes that are locked down. And then like the one in this corner will be red, the one in this corner will be purple, and then you get a blue and like a yellow or a green. And you got to put all of the other ones get mixed up. So it's like a puzzle, but you already have all the pieces and you just got to like switch them back until it's all in the gradients, the arranged order. Like a Rubik's cube, it sounds like. Yeah, like Rubik's Cube crossed with Jigsaw Puzzle. Like, okay. yeah. Interesting. Cool. Well, that works. That's uh, some good uh, uh, late night uh, easy stimulation. Mm -hmm. um, usually uh, what puts me to sleep has uh, lately been using the data in my phone. Doesn't that sound yep. familiar, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh. yeah. Yeah, just scrolling until I'm too tired to keep my eyes open. Mm -hmm. Well, thanks again, Miss Purdy, aka Ben, for being on the show. Meow. Great time. Uh, for everyone watching, I'll be tagging Miss Purdy so you can check out her wonderful drag life and uh, her music, uh, which is streaming. Uh, I'll be tagging the band camp. Uh, stay tuned for uh, her music uh, coming up uh, in the next couple of months. And thank you for watching, Mr. Nice Guy. We'll hey, see bye. you next. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.